Hi, welcome to this episode of Coffee, Tea, God, and Me. Get cozy with a cup of coffee, or sip and savor some tea. Sit back and get ready. Ready to be real and raw. To be uplifted with lightness and laughter. Be prepared to dive deep into concerns about purpose and value, and uncover truths to guide you. Face a God who can help you live life to the full. Join me in drinking this episode's Cup of Conversation. Hey, Angela Therese here for another episode. And on this one, I'm going to talk about extravagant love and the transforming power of love. Of course, specifically related to God, that is. Transforming Extravagant Love of God. The two inspirational verses for this podcast, one of them is 1 John 3, verse 1. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. And the other verse, Psalm 36, verse 7. O God, how extravagant is your cherishing love. All mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. Now, lavish and extravagant. So I'm going to share definitions of those. Definitions and synonyms. So extravagance, it's excess or more than necessary more than reasonable, exceeding appropriate limits, luxury, and then lavish, elaborate, rich, luxurious. And of course, extravagant is related to it. In fact, one of the definitions as a verb for lavish is bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities on. And uh, one definition says, giving or given out of great abundance. So, that's the kind of love that God is described as having. Excessive love, elaborate love, rich, generous, abundant love. In other words, God has more than enough love. And in that psalm that I read, it's also described as a cherishing love. In Psalm 86, it also describes it in verse 15. It says, But Lord, your nurturing love is tender and gentle. You are slow to get angry, yet so swift to show your faithful love. You are full of abounding grace and truth. And you've probably heard this talked about before. His love is also unconditional. And you look at the examples in the Bible, and you can see that play out. Uh, There are so many characters in the Bible who were very far from perfect. And God still loved them and was there for them. And there is not time in one episode to give all the examples that there are of this. But 
If you look at, for instance, even just in the New Testament, if you look at the disciples and you look at it from the perspective of these were real people and you really think about what's going on as it describes the unfolding in the narrative of the New Testament Gospels, the disciples were not perfect people. And Jesus stayed with them, loved them to the end, came back and appeared to them and released Holy Spirit on them. And Jewish culture actually helps you understand even more of this. And if any of you have seen The Chosen, this helps bring it out. And of course, The Chosen takes liberties because it's making it into a movie and adding a lot. But it gives you an idea of what it was really like. And anyway, for instance, Matthew was a tax collector. And that was a betrayal. So he was a Jew working for the Romans. And he basically was betraying his own people and stealing from his own people. Stealing money, that is. Under the guise of it being to collect taxes for the Romans. And yet, he was one of the people that Jesus specifically called. And you look at Paul, or Saul become Paul. He was murdering Christians, and Jesus brought him into the family of God, the family of his followers. And then he became extremely passionate for Jesus and the gospel truth. And of course, in modern day and in history, there are countless testimonies of God reaching out, helping, saving people who were anything but perfect. And God still sees them as worthy and lovable. And not just a little bit, but lovable to an excessive, extravagant amount. And like that woman caught in adultery, which in that culture was very serious. And she was about to be punished and put to death. And Jesus stood up for her. And when he tells her to um, go and sin no more, I've heard it explained that he was basically in the Greek telling her to think differently. So instead of seeing herself as not worthy, not lovable, not good enough because of her mistakes, to see herself as being lovable, being worthy, valued by God himself. And I will call that the espresso shot thought for this episode. To think differently, to see yourself as lovable and worthy and redeemable, just like that woman caught in adultery, when God told her to think differently, no matter what you've done or what you haven't done that you should have, God sees you as lovable, worthy, and redeemable. God sees the potential in you, and he's willing and waiting to do life with you, to see the wonderful potential in you come into being. And I know that can be hard to believe that you have good potential or to believe that God can see good potential in you, especially if you faced judgment from others or just been judgmental of yourself or been alone and isolated. 
I know it's not easy to believe that God loves you and sees the potential in you, but I also know that it is possible. I know from experience. So let that truth sink into you. God sees you as lovable and full of potential. Good potential. And it's really sad that there have been so many Christian posers who are acting anything but little Christs, which is what the name means, and so many hurt and turned away from God because people who were supposedly Christians were just judging instead of helping and loving. And there is such a thing as speaking the truth in love, but there's been so much abuse done in the name of truth. And then, of course, there's the whole thing of things taken out of context in the Bible, and I'm not going to begin to get into all of that. But my main point is the real God, the God who is in heaven, the God who came down as Jesus to live on earth and die and rise again, the God who is a Holy Spirit who will live inside of you if you accept him as your God. His heart, his main characteristic, is love. His heart and his goal, his aim, is to love you into who he has made you to be. And I know there have been times when I'm regretting mistakes that I made and wishing that I could do things over, go back in time, and prove that I can do things right and not have consequences that I have had because of mistakes. And some of those consequences are just emotional turmoil and loss of time. But there have been many times when, when I'm stuck in regret and when I start to pay attention to what God would say to me, in my heart I know God is saying to me, let my love heal you. Let my love, let my love transform you. Let yourself be loved. And there was one time actually when I was at a worship event and the girl who was leading the worship was singing about God being loving. I don't remember the exact phrasing, but something about God being loving. And I was convicted in a good way. God spoke into my heart, and he said to me, You need to stop hating yourself. I am God, and I don't hate you. I love you, and I love you enough to help you understand if you will let me to help you understand how valuable, how loved, how worthy you are. And by the way, to be even a little bit more real and raw, I'm having to pause here and there because this is something that's, um, because of what I've gone through, is really near and dear to my heart, and it's near and dear to God's heart. And I'm extremely teary-eyed right now with, with the overwhelmingness of what God has done for me and how serious he is about this and how much this is on his heart, not just for me, but for everyone. And I was actually just talking with a friend a few hours ago about this idea and 
she's in her own healing process for things that she has gone through. And God has also spoken to her about his loving kindness and working in her life and her heart to see her healed through his transforming and healing love. And okay, so don't get your doctrine out of the entertainment industry, but if you understand Bible principles, you can notice scripture principles in uh, things that are secular. Just don't get your theology and doctrine from it, but start from the lens of the scripture. Anyway, so Beauty and the Beast is actually one of my favorite childhood stories. And there's been a lot of times when I have thought of it, um, taking the romance out of it, but just from the idea of what is love. And uh, C.S. Lewis has a book called The Four Loves, which I actually have yet to read. I've heard a lot about it. I should read that at some point. Um, Someday when I have time again. I say in my bio, I'm a book devourer, and I am when I have time. Anyway, agape love, which is the deepest, truest form of love and the kind of unconditional love that God has. Actually, I should look up the actual definition. And I, I just said actual twice. Actually, look up actual definition. Yes, I just was repetitively redundant. Okay, anyway. Wow, okay. I looked up agape, and the spelling is the same as agape, so it gave me the definition for that. That's hilarious. Okay. Here we go. Agape, the highest form of love, it embraces a deep and profound sacrificial love, fatherly love of God. Anyway, yeah, I was making sure. I'm like, I think I have that right. Agape is that. All right. So verified it. Thanks, Google, for your help. Okay. Anyway, yes, I like to thank inanimate objects and things because, you know, it was just kind of fun. I'm quirky like that. Anyway. I had a thought before I looked up the agape definition. I'm trying to remember what it was. Where was I going before the bunny trail? Oh, yeah. Transforming power of love and beauty and the beast. Okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) I don't always get back to where I was before the bunny trail, but obviously Holy Spirit is on me sharing this because I remembered. Or maybe I should say Holy Spirit reminded me. Anywho. So, beauty and the beast and agape transforming love. In the story, there's Beauty and the Beast, and when she first encounters him, he is anything but kind and pleasant to be around. But then when, uh, at least in the, the old cartoon version that came out in the 90s, right? This happened in the redone Real Human one, too. Anyway, she's running away, and he comes after her, and then wolves are tearing him apart because he saved her from the wolves, and then she turns around and gets him back to the castle, and is very kind and compassionate to him. Anyway, God has brought to mind, to look at it in this way, Beauty looks past the beastliness of him, both in his behavior and his appearance, and she's compassionate on him, and spends time with him, does things with him, and really gets to know him. And to use a phrase that I use in my circle of people, pulls the gold out of him. And she basically, by loving him in that way and loving him as who he actually is and who he actually is made to be, then he, well, and of course in the story, quite literally transforms from beast to man, but he's, he's transformed into who he's supposed to be. And that's what God does with us. Even before we behave in a good way, he separates the behavior from the person that we are. And 
yes, there are things that are wrong and are sin, and there is such a thing as you know rules and a godly way of living. But how do I want to say this? But he separates the behavior from the person, and even before you're in an attitude of repentance, he will love you into who you are. And there is a point that you know he gives you free will. You can go so far and then just never come to God, and he allows that. But God's heart is for you to come back to him, to repent, to think differently, to see from his perspective. And you might be caught in a cycle of sin or addiction and you want to get out and you've tried and you just can't seem to. And this is true for me too. You get stuck in that when you don't see yourself as God sees you. Yes, it can be a process. I'm not saying it's easy, but you overcome cycles of bad patterns by seeing yourself as God sees you letting him love you, and also understanding the power of the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit do the work in you. Also, accountability partners is a wonderful, helpful idea, Um, but you do ultimately have to do your relationship with God yourself. And what I said a little while ago, I'll call the steep on it for this episode, that idea of letting God love you into who you are. And that's how you overcome, by letting him love you into who you are and letting his Holy Spirit work in you to overcome and be who you are made to be. God's love literally transforms. And I had another thought, but it just escaped me related to that. Oh, I guess, well, this wasn't the thought that I had just had that escape me, but this was another one I had a while ago. Way back to the beginning when I shared the verse from 1 John and the idea of lavish love from Father God, lavish, marvelous love, and it says we are his own very beloved children. Maybe this will help you see yourself as a beloved child of the Heavenly Father God. And I was actually talking about this with someone a while ago, and she struggles sometimes to to really know that she's loved by God. And yes, there you do need to repent, but you don't have to repent over and over and over. You've re- repented, and then he's like, okay, done. I love you. You don't need to repent of the same thing over and over because he separates sin as far as the East is from the West, as it puts it in one verse. And it's, it's done. It's forgotten by God. So you can forget it too. And then live in God's love for you. And if you have children or you work with young children or have nieces or nephews, you can think of it this way. And this is what I had told this lady to try to think of herself this way because she's a good mom. And I, I brought this up to her. You know, you're, when your kids come to you and say that they're sorry, and they really are sorry because there's... There's just being sorry that you're in trouble, and then there's actually being sorry. That's a whole other topic. But when they really are sorry, you forgive your kids, right? And you're ready to move on. And she said, yeah. I said, well, God sees it the same way. So if that's for you, receive that truth. God is a good, loving father, and he sees you as a beloved child. He sees the person that he created you to be, the good things in you. Even if you can't see them yourself, he sees the good things he has plan for you, and he's just waiting for you to step into the identity he made for you and the good things he has for you. So let yourself be loved. 
And so I'll wrap this up. I did mean to keep this a shorter episode. We'll wrap this up with a prayer. Holy Spirit, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you are a loving God. Thank you that you are ready to transform through the power of your love. And we just have to believe it and step into that truth. And Lord, I just declare over every single listener heaven's perspective and the ability to see from your eyes who they really are and how loved they are by you. God, you have done such a work in me, and I impart that to every single listener, that it is possible to be set free from self-hate. It is possible to be set free from cycles that are harmful. It is possible to believe that you are loved and chosen and redeemed by a holy God, by a holy, loving God. Thank you, God, that you really do have good plans for us. Thank you, God, that you're so good that no matter how far a person has strayed from you, you will always receive them in your loving arms. You are always ready and waiting to show to show your loving kindness. And your kindness leads to repentance. Thank you, God. Your kindness leads to repentance. And I speak that truth over the listeners in the way that they need to receive that in their own lives. Thank you, God, that in those who listen to this, they will get hearts broken and undone by your goodness, by your love. That listeners will experience walls and barriers that have kept them from your love breaking down in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for breaking off religion and hurt and shame from listeners in the way that they need it in their lives. Thank you, God, for building new walls around them, walls that are of your love, walls that are of protection. Thank you, God, that what the enemy meant for evil, you, God, mean for good, or you use for good, I should say. What the enemy meant for evil, you use for your good because you don't give bad things, but you use them for your good. And thank you for that truth over every listener. And I speak life and freedom. I speak life, abundant life. I speak freedom, true freedom. I speak hope and peace and joy over every single listener. Thank you, God. And thank you, God, that even when this episode ends and they turn it off, you're still there with them. Thank you, God, for encounters with you, for the listeners in the way that they need it. Encounters with your love, your truth, your grace, your mercy. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you love us enough to do this for us. You love us enough to do life with us. You love us enough to show us who you are. You love us enough to free us up to live in your love. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. And I even just speak faith and belief into people. And that anybody who's listening to this and wanting to believe it and can't quite seem to, this is true for you too. God loves you. God sees you. God knows you. God has good for you. 
God can and will transform you. You're worthy, you're valuable, you're loved. You're not a hot mess, you're a redemption story in progress. Thank you, God, for angels on assignment to bless those listening and to help them live in this freedom, the freedom that you've made for them by your love. Live in true freedom, heaven's freedom. Thank you, God. I pray all these in Jesus' name, and I plead the blood of Jesus over every listener and over them experiencing what you have for them by the goodness of your love. Thank you, God. And uh, I'm actually experiencing God's love in a really powerful, good way right now, and so I impart that over you, and to the point that I'm teary-eyed and and getting what I call a spiritual hug. So I just release that over you, in Jesus' name. Let yourself experience God's love and His healing power. God's heart is for you and for your good. And He fights for you. He is with you. And no one is outside the possibility of receiving God's grace. God is always willing and able to redeem. So may you rest in that truth. You are loved by God. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coffee, Tea, God, and Me, and drinking it down to the last drop. I hope it gave you encouragement and insight to help you live a fuller life. Be sure to follow and share my podcast. And for updates and links to my social media resources, check out my website, coffeeteagodandme.com. Be blessed.